right, good morning, everyone. Can you hear me okay? Yes? Okay, good. Uh, so this morning, I'm going to be uh, spending some time just sharing a little bit about this missions journey that has uh, kind of developed over the last three years. And I have some, like there's a video and uh, some stories and a prop that I'm going to show you. Uh, but I hope that in this time that we kind of glean uh, two major things. So the first is that one, God has a really like incredible heart to see the nations turn towards him. Uh, this nation, as well as the nation of Singapore and Papua New Guinea, and all the other ones in the world. And uh, the second is that I, I mean, I get the chance to stand here and share and go, but uh, we're actually equal parts in this. So um, our church, Capital C, has uh, like an amazing network that, uh, and I hope that you see yourself as also a missionary and to Papua New Guinea and Singapore as as much as I am. So uh, through your prayers and through your support. So. Um, so for the last three years, I worked as a volunteer missionary in uh, first Papua New Guinea, and then I moved to Singapore this last year. Uh, I don't have all the time to talk about Papua New Guinea in length. Uh, if you were here last year, I shared about that. Um, but I was teaching in this one-room schoolhouse setting, uh, the missionary kids, and if I summed up my time there, it would be one uh, tangible need for the provision of God, uh, physically, spiritually, emotionally, so many needs, and God just coming in again and again and again and providing for them. Uh, two, uh, encounters with raw hurt and um, like just really hurting people. And three, uh, an intense loving community that I um, still miss to this day. My yeah, family can attest to that. So, um, But long story short, here comes Singapore. And uh, I felt a very direct calling from God that I needed to uh, gain experience in a more formal education setting. So uh, Singapore is, if you start at China and go straight south in the middle of like Malaysia and Indonesia, there's this tiny little island, like barely a marathon to walk across it. I've done that, but uh, walking across it is, and it's a city and a, and a nation both. So uh, kind of unique in that, but we're going to watch a video really quickly about Singapore, to, just to give you some context and pictures and a feel for what the city looks like, and then I'll share some stories with you from the past year. I can hold on, I can hold on to who I am and never let you change me from the inside, I could be safe for Savior in your arms and never leave home, never let these walls down, but you have called me higher, you have called me deeper, now go where you you have called me higher, you have called me deeper, now go where you me, Lord, 
thinking it's ironic I had to put like a whole section of favorite foods in there because that's like one of my favorite parts about living in Singapore is it has really good food but um when I first moved to Singapore uh the best way I can describe it is cultural whiplash so um if you know anything about Papua New Guinea it's third world in every sense of the word like um very hard to get around just you know always cooking from scratch running out of electricity not always having the internet to call home i mean it it's third world in in a lot of ways and then when i moved to singapore you have uh the safest uh cleanest most progressive one of the most modern wealthiest cities in the world um and so just going from one to the other was like whiplash uh the uh, every time that i looked around and i saw things about singapore all i could do was think about in my heart how much i was missing papua new guinea cuz the transition in between was short and um so uh slowly i feel like uh in the first few months i was there the lord was revealing to me that um i had this this big question about where's home anymore cuz in papua new guinea it's not home i'm leaving and i went back to america but things felt strange and it didn't feel like home and and then i go to singapore and that's not home yet and uh the the lord was just reminding me uh an encouragement i'll give to you as well but none of us really get to be at home until we're at heaven with with jesus and so um just the lord like using that angst inside of me as a worship to him and saying lord i'm longing for you i'm longing for heaven i'm longing for a place where i feel like um i belong and so uh yeah that was that was a big a big deal in my first months there and i feel like any missionary who's gone over can tell you it, it's not easy in the first months there so um but ministry wise uh i spent a, most of my time uh teaching at international community school ics 400 kids k through 12 i teach 5th grade the video said that and um teaching at ics gives me a work visa so i uh have a legal reason to be in the country right and proselytizing or evangelizing in singapore is illegal so you can't um you can't directly attempt to convert someone's religion is the the way the government would see it So um a common misconception is people think it's illegal to be a Christian in Singapore. It's not. The Church of the Nazarene is registered in Singapore. Um but the as a Christian school, one of the only Christian schools in the country, we have to be very creative and very strategic about how we um share the gospel with our students, right? Cuz the students come from all over. My um classroom last year had nine different passports in it. uh like kids had nine nine different passports and I only had 14 students. So <laughs> like is very diverse and um they come from all faiths, all walks of life. And so um at school we pray and we teach Bible class and we go to chapel, but it has to be um creative and strategic. And so one of my favorite moments of school year, uh we were doing a literature circle and I stepped out of the circle and asked the kids just to have a discussion amongst themselves with 10-year-olds, which I was now looking back on it, I'm like that was a little crazy. Why did I do that? <laughs> but um anyway, they uh I asked them the question, what what does it mean to be a good father? Like what does that mean? Um cuz the character in the book we were reading about was looking for his earthly father and didn't know who he was. And so um the kids start talking and they're saying like, "Well, God, uh fathers will protect you and fathers will love you and fathers will care for you." And and I'm like, "Good." And then just waiting and then one of the kids pops up and says, "Well, God's like our father." And the kids are like, "What?" 
and then they're talking and yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So like God has rules because he loves us and our fathers have rules because they love us. And, and God's the only perfect father. I mean, our human fathers aren't perfect. And these, these fifth graders are like taking off and talking about God as, as their father. And I'm not saying anything. I'm not, they're, they're the ones who's coming up with it. Right. And uh, I'm sitting there just like weeping and listening to them talking like, go, go. And 45 minutes later, they're still talking and I have to cut them off because it's time for recess, you know, but important things. Um, <laughs> so I, we're sitting and just wrestling and that, that, that wrestling that happens in my classroom every day is, is like one of the biggest reasons that I'm there. And that, that's a daily, a daily thing that happens in the classroom and um, one of the privileges about living and working there, so. Um, one other story from the classroom, I had uh, one of my, one of the activities was the students were supposed to look at this mirror and then write what they thought God saw in them, in the mirror. So uh, like some of the kids looked in the mirror and they said, oh, I, I think I'm a child of God or I think I'm a masterpiece. And um, one of the kids wrote like, I'm a sinner. And I was like, oh, but <laughs> I mean, so are we all. And uh, then one of the kids, he looks in the mirror and he said, uh, or he wrote down heart of stone was the was the words that he wrote and I thought heart of stone like where does a kid even come up with that like a 10 year old and uh and next the next week uh Ezekiel eleven nineteen was our verse which says I will give them an undivided heart and I will um I will put a new spirit inside them I will remove from them a heart of stone and I will give them a heart of flesh um I didn't pick the verse that was the next verse that week and uh and then like Gabriel didn't even know that he was like speaking into a promise that, that God's speaking over him, that he wants to give a heart of flesh. I'm sure we all know someone that God wants to give a heart of flesh. Um, and so that, that's why uh, we do what we do in Singapore. And um, I'm about showing kids that God wants to give you a heart of flesh, right? Um, and so if you pray for that school, pray for, pray for the students and pray for just the, the opportunities would be um, to share the gospel would just present themselves in such a clear way that it is like undeniable, right? That, that, that they can do that. So, um, the, the, the other big thing that's happening in Singapore, as far as the church of the Nazarene is, um, we teach this ESL class to Burmese adults, right? So there are about eight or nine of them that come for the last, they've been doing this for the last two years. And uh, they come to Singapore, they leave their families behind, they need work, they need money. So they come and they want to further their English skills. And so, uh, so we say, sure, we'll teach you some English, and uh, then we get to also talk about God, right? And uh, so the ultimate goal, um, we're reading through the C.S. Lewis books, so uh, Chronicles of Narnia series, which seems kind of strange for uh, teaching English to someone, right, that you would read through uh, C.S. Lewis, but, um, but it works in a way that is uh, got to have God in it. I mean, I mean, just God has put it together, and um, the, the students are all Buddhist, which means, like, they, if you... The worldview of a Buddhist would say that I am trying to um, earn merit and I am trying to make myself into a good person so that I can escape this cycle of reincarnation and eventually receive enlightenment uh, or nirvana. And one of my students actually, um, he, she gave me this uh, shirt on a, um, a, a Buddhist holiday called Visak Day. And she said, uh, I had this shirt, it was blessed by a monk and I, uh, I wanna give it to you because I'm trying to like, uh, just tell you, like, happy Visak Day. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and uh, so, and then uh, I wear it to bed and I pray for her. But it talks about the idea on the shirt. It says, uh, it gives this definition. It talks about the quality of being kind and generous, purifying the mind of the giver, right? And this, this idea of always trying to make yourself better so that you, um, that you uh, can eventually earn your way into, into their version of heaven. And um, C.S. Lewis, one of the books we read just a few months ago, we read this story 
about a, a character who had been turned into a dragon. It's a fantasy book, right? And they, um, the character was scratching himself off, like had to scratch the scales off himself to get into this pool and eventually turn back into a boy. And so the character scratches the scales, scratches the scales, and then gets in the pool, and then he, the scales come back, right? Because he didn't scratch deep enough. And then he does it again, and he, they keep coming back, and he can't get healed. He can't find relief. He can't find restoration. And then uh, Aslan, or the Jesus character in the book, comes in and says, no, no, you have to let me do it for you. Right, and so Aslan like takes his like nails and, and rips it into the character's back and and removes the scales and then he goes into the pool and he is restored, and I just sense with my students with the, with the with the Buddhist class and and the ESL class that there is a lot of trying to make myself better, make myself into this perfect picture of of who. Um, I'm supposed to be, right? And the, the reality is, is that we have a God who's done that for us already. We have, we have, he has done that, he has conquered the grave. I mean, he has done all those things. And, um, and I just want to, uh, in the midst of talking through this book and sharing with him every single week, the idea that uh, we have a great love who, who loves us and, and we don't have to do anything to, other than receive that, right? And so if you get a chance to pray for Singapore, uh, pray for the school, yes. Pray for this ESL class. Um, there's one student in particular. Her name is Liz, uh, her English name. And uh, I just, I, I sit with her on the bus every, every uh, Sunday night coming home and just pray that they would uh, glimpse, a, uh, just glimpse who Jesus is and the freedom that we find in him and that that would be attractive to them and something that, uh, that attracts them to, to the gospel. So, um, yeah, I... Uh, these are just short stories. Um, I, I wish I had the chance to share everything about what's happening in Singapore, but um, I thank you guys for the prayer and support that you have have had for me. I, I just saw in the bulletin that there's like a prayer request, and you guys pray for pray for the ministry going on all the time, and um, I hope you see yourselves as part of it, and uh, if you have questions or anything, I would love to, to talk about it, um, but the Lord is doing some cool stuff in Singapore, and I am I'm so excited to be a part of it. It was hard at first, but uh, I am, uh, I'm blessed to get to share with you guys this morning. So, thanks. Oh, ask for the ushers if they would to prepare. Um, I know that you were in Papua New Guinea there for the first couple of years and things and that that was and I've seen pictures uh and that was pretty sparse right yeah very <laughs> um and my under, I, I've had friends uh that have been I've got one buddy that he's been to like 160 different nations around the world and stuff uh, Marty Hoskins and when I asked him one time traveling through South America we were going to five different countries and just uh on the way and stuff I just said what's your favorite place in the world and without a hesitation he said Singapore yeah so Singapore is uh, it's super modern so the like most people take trans like uh, buses trains everywhere because they're so efficient um, it's clean it is like relatively like zero crime rate and uh, there's a lot of rules a lot of regulations um, very little freedom in that but uh yeah it's a it's a very compared to Papua New Guinea where it was just like chaos reigns all the time you never know what's going to happen today right Singapore is very structured <laughs> so uh, and then I've, I've talked to a couple little birds that f flit around here and uh and they've talked about how 
your heart really is third world there. And as much as, uh, and what's cool is some of our young people have a heart for first world places where the gospel has been before and people have kind of walked away from church and the churches are just uh, cathedrals that have turned into museums and an effective church is hard to find. Um, so that, so we do have, that's awesome because we do have young people that are excited about that and moving to places like that and, and making a difference there. But at the same time, I, I, I just got to tell you that you have done things. Uh, you have been places and you've been places alone um, uh, that would scare the fire out of me. Um, and and uh, and I, I just got to tell you, I'm just extremely proud of you. Um, the way God has worked in your life, the way that God is working in your life, the, the, the beautiful young lady that God is shaping and molding and working through so powerfully and so effectively. And I'm just... Uh, I'm just proud that this church uh, has had an opportunity to be a, a small part of, uh, okay, I'm a big part of who you are and, and, uh, and a part of your family and, uh, and, what you're, and, and just the ministry that you're doing. And whether God tells you to stay in uh, this place that's not exactly your heart right now or allows you to go back to Papua New Guinea or another third world place or whatever, I just have full confidence that you are seeking his will, seeking his leadership. And I love what you're talking about, sharing the reality that Jesus Christ has already done it. We don't have to earn our way. If we think we've got to earn our way, even after coming Christ, coming to Christ, we think we have to earn our way somehow. We're missing the boat. And uh, I just praise the Lord for what God's doing in you and in your life. Let's, uh, let's pray for charity, okay? Father God, I thank you today and I praise you for, again, who you are. And I thank you for this young lady. Lord, I thank you for her courage, her strength, her bravery. I, I, I thank you for the, the powerful message that she has and the authentic, genuine heart that she ministers from. And Lord, I just pray that your Holy Spirit would powerfully and beautifully continue to minister through her, give her wisdom, give her direction. I pray that she would see not only... Uh, seeds of the gospel that are cast, but she'd also get to see a, a ripened harvest that is uh, that is brought to you. And Lord, that she'd get to see some of these uh, uh, Burmese that would come to know Christ, and, and and some of the Buddhists, Lord, and the different religions, Father, that that would realize they don't have to earn their way. They don't have to they don't have to prove themselves. They cannot make themselves good enough. So it's it's better to just recognize and surrender to the full and complete love of Jesus. Father, we thank you today and we praise you in Jesus' name.